Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like, and share it, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast. It is currently 4.59 a.m. East Coast time. It is Wednesday, November 6th, and I'm here to break down what I believe is a nine-game NBA slate today. Welcome to the channel. If you're new here, my name is Sal Vetri, and I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. We have some NFL content already up on the YouTube channel. So far this week, there's going to be more every single day, as well as today releasing some more, and NBA videos every single day. We've checked the box on creating an NBA video. So thank you all for the support. I really appreciate it. If you could hit the subscribe button, if you get any value from this video, it really does help me. If you're listening on the audio version, if you could hit the subscribe or follow the podcast and also leaving a five-star rate and review helps me out the most. And as well as we'll get you into a contest, three people announced Saturday for a free fantasy draft main event, about $25 value ticket for their Sunday football main contest. Really appreciate it. Linked up down below is all my social media accounts. You can find there. I have a couple of free strategy guides, one for NBA, one for NFL. Linked up down below. They both pretty much cover general tips on DFS as well if you're new here. Um, So hopefully that can help you out as well as my exclusive content. I have an NBA projections model um, and some other things for NBA target offense sheet linked up down below as well as about 25 hours worth of content and material for the NFL. All those linked up down below. If you have any questions about it, you can feel free to reach out and ask me. Uh, But a lot of the things will be answered in the link to Patreon below. So I think that's it. The last thing is just that you should be playing over on Fantasy Draft for sure. We We will have, and we've had the last two days, a listener league linked up down below it's about a five dollar buy and about 25 person um, field but fantasy draft yeah i mean revolutionizing the way is their catchphrase of people the way that you play daily fantasy sports and it makes sense in terms of they're just cutting out the rake you don't have to pay maintenance fees 10 to 15 percent of your money is not scraped off the top if you keep a bankroll manager tool it could just be as simple as a plus and minus tool in excel uh, you will see if you're playing on fantasy drafts compared to Fa- DraftKings and fanduel you're losing a lot of money playing on those sites relative to just management fees. Now, sure, they have bigger prize pools, so you can make up for it if you're that person winning the first to second or third place in some of these tournaments. But if you're not and you're just barely min cashing, you have a much better chance of profiting a larger amount or profiting just in general by min cashing and playing even cash games over on Fantasy Draft where you're paying for a processing fee of 3% compared to the management fees and maintenance fees of DraftKings around 10 to 15%. So it makes a lot of sense um, if you want to check it out. Uh, that is Fantasy Draft. There's a link down below. Will be later today for the Listener League, as well as a link to their Sunday main event for the NFL. Clicking that link, I do not profit from it at all um, in terms of off of your ad share or revenue share. It just benefits me. They track the links to see if it's something that they want to continue to promote on my channel. So appreciate it if you click that link if you are interested. But that's it for all of the talking. Let's get into the video. Starting with injuries. I mean, it's a nine-game slate, right? So lots of injuries are going to be out here. And if it's like an eight or ten-game slate, I'm pretty sure it's a nine-game slate. But there's a lot of injuries out here, and we are going to filter this right now just by team. A lot of these injuries are things that we've already been used to, and some are not. And then as it's the NBA, so be sure to, if you're watching this right now, whenever, even if you're watching this at 5 p.m., there's a good chance things are going to change before 7 7 p.m. tip and even after that. Last night, Will Barton scores 38 fantasy points, and I put it into our Discord if you're a Priority or Hall of Fame member. That Will Barton was a very good play who was going to be 2 to 3% owned, or 2% owned, I said he was 3% owned because he had a question tag by his name all day. He was by far the best play in that game, in my opinion, even over Jokic at his price point. Millsap winds up getting hurt. Gary Harris winds up getting hurt. Um, 
and that type of a player, nobody really wanted to play him because he had a Q tag all day. And then even after lock, he still has a Q tag. Then they say he's going to play. Um, and he was just a spot where I thought low ownership on a guy who more times than not probably goes for 25 to 30 points and pays off his tag. If not more, he ends up scoring 38. So you have to continue to watch NBA even up until uh, like those eight or nine o'clock games if you really want to have the biggest of edges. So Starting alphabetically with Dallas here, Maxi Kleber is questionable with a knee injury. We'll see if he plays today. If not, it's going to help Dwight Powell retain and, and really play more center minutes at the five start there. And then Boban, Boban, who's been playing a couple of minutes now per game, really into the teens because of Kleber's absence lately. Detroit, Blake Griffin is going to remain now with the knee injury. It's going to help Andre Drummond, Markeith Morris, and Christian Wood, the, the center in Drummond, and the two power forwards in Morris and Wood. Derek Rose and Tim Frazier at the guard positions remain out. It will help Bruce Brown Jr. the most, who has continued now to average right around 40 fantasy points. Um, I think 39, 38 and a half exactly through the two games since Rose and Frazier have been out, and Brown's been pretty much the fact of a point guard, but he's now priced up. Linkson Galloway will get um, a, a bump up here, but not too much. And then Luke Kennard, who's priced up $1,000 more than he has been. He was 5K for straight two games in a row for some reason. Now he's 6K. Still an okay price point, but... It's now a spot where it's priced up and maybe there's better value. Going to Golden State, D'Angelo Russell is going to continue to be questionable. He's missed the last two games with an ankle injury. If he is out, Kai Bowman, who is also now priced up a good amount, the point guard will continue to play huge minutes. Jordan Poole and Alec Burks will also get into the mix as well. Alec Burks more so off the bench. Poole starting at the two. Um, Draymond Green is, I have questionable. He's probably doubtful. I don't know. They said he's going to miss the next few games. He's already missed a few games. So we'll see what they officially rule him out with this finger injury. Now going to Houston, Eric Gordon is questionable with a hamstring injury. Ferry Gordon does not suit up Daniel House Jr. It's pretty much locked into a 32-plus minute role. Austin Rivers will see some more time, and Ben McLemore will see some more time as well. So keep an eye on Eric Gordon, who's $4,500 now. Some of those other pieces, Daniel House, who's priced up a decent amount, but maybe like a Ben McLemore, will become available as extreme value. Going to Indiana, they played yesterday. They're on a back-to-back. Malcolm Brogdon continues to dominate. Golga had a great game. Devonta Savonis is going to be questionable. He missed last game right up until lock uh, with a calf injury. If he misses this one, he did not practice we did not play on Tuesday. Jakar Sampson, Goga, Malcolm Brogdon, the same players who benefited yesterday will benefit again. You could even say Jeremy Lamb to an extent. Uh, Miles Turner, he was doubtful, then he turned questionable yesterday. Now he's questionable today with an ankle injury on the second night of a back-to-back. Same exact players will benefit. Jakar Sampson, um, Goga, and Malcolm Brogdon, and then you could also add Jeremy Lamb if you would like. And then also for both these players, you could add TJ Warren as well. Rebounding rates are going to go up, up as we saw last night for TJ Warren. Um, going to the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard last night says that he's going to be resting, I believe, his second game now this season for load management. So with him out, Lou Williams and Montrez O'Harrell will see the biggest bumps without a doubt. And then Pat Beverly, to an extent, should see a usage bump. Memphis, Jaron Jackson Jr. is probable, missed the last game, so he's expected to play. Uh, the real impact is on nobody except for like the minutes of guys like Brandon Clark and the upside maybe. Those types of players, great. Grayson Allen remains out. It's going to help Tyus Jones, the backup point guard, so you continue to see all the minutes next or behind. And also, you saw some alongside John Morant last game. Uh, for Minnesota, very interesting spot here for Minnesota at their guards. Jeff Teague is questionable with an illness, so... Okay, Jeff Teague's questionable. Well, Carl Anthony Towns is back. That makes Carl Anthony Towns rebound, or not rebound, assist rate go through the roof. It's already high for a center, but goes through the roof if Jeff Teague misses. Andrew Wiggins would probably take on some more ball point guard responsibilities at times, just more shot attempts. Uh, Josh Okoji. But the reason why it's it's interesting is because Shabazz Napier, the backup point guard, who's been pretty much playing every single backup point guard minute um, for Jeff Teague, is doubtful today with a hamstring injury. So you have, if Jeff Teague plays, it's great. He'll probably play if he heals up, and it's not like it's a hamstring or a calf or ankle. It's just an illness. So if he gets healthy by the time the game starts, 
he should be pretty secure into what I would think is like 32 minutes or somewhere around there, just no backup point guard. Um, guys like McClellan is the point guard after that, who I don't think's played a minute this season, and then there's nobody else. So if Jeff Teague does play, it doesn't seem like Shabazz Napier plays. It seems like a really good spot for Teague, who should be playing um, locked in for the first time this season, like 32-plus minutes. And 5,500 is a nice price tag um, for a point guard. If Jeff Teague doesn't play, well, now you're down to your top two point guards. Carl Anthony Towns should see potentially like triple-double type numbers in this game. A guy who's already averaging close to five assists should get a bump up close to around seven or eight for this game, I would imagine. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, like we said, will take on more responsibility. So interesting spot there. I don't even know who would start at point guard. I'm assuming it would be McClellan, um, but we don't know. Um, after that, Jordan Bell is questionable. No real impact here with Carl Anthony Towns back. Jordan Bell, I mean, Noah Vonley and Diang, um, they're going to get the backup. Uh, Gorgie Dang are going to get the backup center minutes, but it's for the most part does not matter at this point. Um, it would have been more impactful if Carl Anthony Towns was still suspended, but again, he's returning from suspension today. For the Knicks, their point guard remained out. Alfred Payton with a hamstring injury. He's going to miss at least two more games. Dennis Smith Jr. with his personal issue of his stepmother passing away, still grieving. Um, it's been wearing on him, it seems, so, um, which is totally fine and, and honestly okay for sure. So it's, I think he's going to miss two games as well. It's going to help R.J. Barrett, Frank Nielakina, and Wayne Ellington the most there, the guards for the Knicks in those rotations. And then lastly, Emmanuel Moutier for Utah. Uh, he's going to be out today with a hamstring. And Dante Exum is also out. So the reason I point this out is Mike Conley is going to have to just be secured into more minutes as the two point guards behind them are out. Joe Ingles' point guard usage probably goes up like we saw a little bit last year. And Donovan Mitchell's point guard usage probably goes up. Actually, there's one more. Harry Giles questionable with a knee injury would affect Rashawn Holmes and Dwayne Dedman, but he has not been playing. He's a flat minimum on both sites. Um, Fantasy Draft 6,000 and DraftKings 3,000. So that is all the injury news. Let's get into this target offense sheet where, as you can see right now as I'm shooting this video at 5 a.m., half the games, or almost half the games, right? Uh, Four out of the um, nine here, they don't have totals. So um, we can look at... Oh, blew that up too much if you're watching on the video version. They don't have um, the... Vegas totals. What we do have is obviously still the fantasy points against. We have the pace. We can look at some stuff. Some of these games that do have Vegas totals. I mean, if we look all the way down at this bottom one, Milwaukee is a 121 total today. Um, we're going to have to still see what these other eight teams totals are. I'm sure a couple of them will have decent size totals today, uh, but 121.3 exactly, but it's going to be closer to like a 121 just overall total. That's a 227 and a half game total. Um, you have so many things. Let's, let's, let's do this real quickly. Let's see what this game total is if I do that. Wow. Okay, so they're having a huge total today is what I'm seeing here. Let me let me pull over Vegas just to make sure it's coming in right. 113, 114.75. Okay, I thought I thought it was coming in wrong. 114.75 is what this is supposed to be. You're getting the live action review here. 114.75. Cool. Okay, so we fixed that and we fix that. Cool. All right. That's what I figured. The Vegas stuff was a little bit off, but still Milwaukee with the highest total on the slate. 114.5. I was going to say things were not adding up there. 114.5, a one and a half favorite over the Clippers. Um, It obviously switches with no Kawhi Leonard there. We'll see if it continues to move. Just a good overall spot um, in terms of guys for Giannis, if you want to pay all the way up. I don't have a ton of interest in paying all the way up with some of the options on this slate for Giannis, but if we get some extreme value, you could always plug in a guy who's probably more times than not locked in to get you 55 to 60 fantasy points with the upside like we've seen so many times this year of 75 plus. I think he's already done it three times this season. Spots that I think are interesting. I think this Memphis-Minnesota game is interesting. Look, you have Carl Anthony Towns back, and we already mentioned Jeff Teague's injuries. No Shabazz Napier. Carl Anthony Towns' assist percentage, even with Napier just off the court and not Teague, is likely to go up here. And then if Teague is out, it's even higher. So you have a $10,000 Carl Anthony Towns, which just seems way underpriced. And I get it. He's facing Jonas Valanciunas in this very good Memphis 
um, defense uh, in terms of their bigs with Jaron Jackson Jr. scheduled to be back and really Joe Val's a big one. $10,000, though, for a player who's going to have to do everything for his team, I still think it's okay. Jonas Valanciunas on the other side is very cheap at 6100 and he played now back-to-back games of 24 minutes. If we could lock in Jonas Valanciunas for a minimum of 24 minutes now going forward, Cat's defense has improved this season, but Joe Val at that price point is very hard to ignore for a guy who, more times than not, if he plays 24 minutes, is going to get you 30-plus fantasy points, is going to hit value, um, and then you know the upside of that guy if he just decides to go through the roof and has a couple offensive rebounds and putbacks, gets to the foul line a couple times, he's in, a, in an easy 40-plus point game spot. So Jonas Valanciunas stands out as a, a very good play for me at the 8 p.m. game between Memphis and Minnesota. Other than that, in those games, if Jeff Teague is in, I have interest at 5,500. If he's out, I have interest in whoever his replacement is, a potentially like the flat min or somewhere in the 3K range. We'll see how that ends up happening. Andrew Wiggins back. Don't really have at much interest in Wiggins when you're going to have Towns back. And really, it's just, do you believe in Wiggins making his shots, his 12, 15 shots that he's going to take? Do you believe he shoots really well? If you think he gets hot and shoots 60 to 70%, 60 to 70%, then he's fine. Otherwise, it's just not a spot where he's going to pick up assists and rebounds. And just not worth it overall. Other than that, on Memphis, I do think that John Moran is interesting. Um, I actually like looking into more, and I'm going to look into more. John Moran and Tyus Jones played a little bit alongside each other, which obviously helps Tyus Jones for value. So something interesting there. But uh, John Moran's been playing extremely well, and they were giving him um, a little bit more minutes and a little bit more run, and definitely all the usage in the world that he wants. So John Moran stands out as an interesting and a good play, a solid play to me. Some of these games that don't have Vegas totals yet, if we're just looking at the uh, Indiana Pacers versus Washington. I mean, if you have Sabonis and Miles Turner both playing, they're both in great spots against Washington, without a doubt. Sabonis is probably the guy his price point has been decreasing closer to that $8,000 price tag that I like the most. And on this slate, nobody gives up more fantasy points per game to the power forward position than uh, Washington does. So I like Sabonis a lot today if he plays. I like Malcolm Brogdon even more. Look, if, if you get Malcolm Brogdon again with no Sabonis and Miles Turner, I don't know how you don't play the guy. I mean, he scored... Last night, close to, I think it was 47 or 48 fantasy points, didn't even have the greatest of fourth quarters. I mean, he went into the half with, I think, 28 or 29 fantasy points, doesn't do much in the fourth quarter, and now he's still 8,100. I think his price point came down $100 since yesterday. So either way, even if Turner and Sabonis are in, Malcolm Brogdon's in a great spot. His usage is through the roof. He might even um, get a little bit of more upside with a guy like Sabonis out there in terms of just pick and roll stuff, uh, more assist rates, whatever it might be. But yeah, Brogdon, I like him today from this in, uh, Indiana Pacer and Washington game. They're on a back-to-back. So we'll see if they play Sabonis and Turner. If Sabonis and Turner both sit, then yeah, TJ Warren becomes a nice play. Brogdon for sure. You can go right back to Goga in a good matchup. Jakar Sampson, I probably just don't want to get to. He started off hot with like 11 fantasy points. Don't even know if he scores another point after that. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of injuries. Keep an eye on that. I like Sabonis if he plays. If he's out, give me Warren. Give me Brogdon. Jeremy Lamb's always of interest. Uh, Jeremy Lamb's price point, I believe, is priced up now, though, whereas Brogdon somehow comes down. Washington side, you do have Bradley Beal priced down on this slate. Um, you do have a really good game coming off of maybe his best fantasy game ever, 39 fantasy points for Troy Brown. Not that much, though, stands out here. We saw Isaiah Thomas play some limited minutes around 24, played really well, 29 fantasy points in the last game. Isaiah Thomas's price point is still favorable at 5,300. Um, needs a lot of things to break his way, though, in terms of his minutes restriction. So right now, he's like a question mark for me. I do like the price decrease on Bradley Beal. I just still like other guys around him, barring some injuries on guys like D'Angelo Russell. So I don't know how often I get there. Thomas Bryant, if indeed there's no DeMontis, Sabonis, or Miles Turner, more interest in Bryant, but right now not too much. You have Detroit versus New York. You have $10,800 Andre Drummond in a great spot against New York. Gives up the second most fantasy points per game to the center position on this slate. 
It's just a matter of priori- prioritizing it now. Yes, Drummond without Blake Griffin, who's still going to miss, is a guy who's averaging 1.45 fantasy points per minute dating back to last year and this year, and he's playing huge minutes of the 35-plus if he stays out of foul trouble, which he's done for every game except two, and even in those games, he picks up bigger second-half run and bigger second-quarter run to make up for some of the foul trouble in the first quarter when he picks up two fouls in like five minutes. But that said, $10,800, you're now looking at um, Andre Drummond as a guy who has to get to has to get you like 53 points in cash games to pay it off and in tournaments more times than not has to get you that 60 plus point game he's been doing it i mean almost on average at this point but now when you're expecting him to go out there to 5x at value for you around 55 fantasy points 53 whatever it is to be exact it becomes a little bit more difficult to want to prioritize him as opposed to the 9k tags that we were used to seeing on this guy literally a week ago it's crazy to think he started the season in the 8k range so if you do want to get to him, it's okay. Look, um, Markeith Morris has been terrible. They really need to put Christian Wood in the starting lineup. Like, not even just for fantasy purposes. He's fantastic at that. But just get him in the starting lineup. So if Christian Wood, you see him flip into the starting lineup for Markeith Morris, who has just been terrible. And I get it. He's been in foul trouble in half these games. But that's also on you. Like, if you're getting in foul trouble two fouls in the first three minutes of every game, um, maybe you should be playing a little bit differently. He can't stay on the court. Um, that's a part of the game. So, uh, yes, in the last game, he does nothing because he gets two early fouls. Christian Wood comes in and plays well. If Markeith Morris continues to start against the Knicks, I mean, it's such a gamble when the guy's fouling everybody and not even in the game for the rest of the game because of his foul trouble. But he's $3,800 now. It becomes interesting if you see Christian Wood take over in the starting rotation. I really like that as well. Guys like Luke Kennard are priced up to 6K. It's still like an eh spot. Like he probably gets there more times than not. But I don't know how often he goes above and beyond for you. So I think I go elsewhere there. And then just the point guards, you have Bruce Brown all the way priced up in a tough matchup now. Um, what do we have here on the Knicks side? It's RJ Barrett priced up. Don't really want him at 6,700, and which should be a, a difficult matchup. The Knicks, nothing stands out. You have Bobby Portis and you have Mitchell Robinson still splitting the center minutes. Portis has been starting as of late. Julius Randle's like the only piece that maybe I get to. Um, Marcus Morris is priced up. You're going to get a matchup against his brother, which is pretty cool here. Actually, the more I think about that, um, really nothing from the Knicks stands out for me. Houston and Golden State. Russ stands out. I like Russ a lot. Russ is coming back off of a game of rest. And before that, he had the worst game of his season. And really, since I can remember even last year with 25 fantasy points, he comes back at a low 9K price tag. You have James Harden priced up again. Shot terrible from three. One of eight from three. Uh, The guy has 70 plus fantasy points. And if he just shoots decent from three, he's probably in the 80 plus range. Um, But Russ Westbrook, decent spot for him. Really good spot for him at the price tag. I do like that. If you want to get the value of, like, Daniel House is priced up. P.J. Tucker's had two bad games, and he remains in the, or, yeah, P.J. Tucker remains in the mid-4K range. If Eric Gordon is out, Daniel House Jr., it's a tough price to pay, like, 5300 for that type of a guy who, like, if you're lucky, will go somewhere near, like, 0.9 fantasy points per minute. More times than not, somewhere around 0.8. So I think I stay away from it, even if Eric Gordon's out. Maybe Ben McLemore becomes more of an interesting play. But for the most part, Houston... Get to Harden if you want to pay up, but I probably prioritize Russ more there. Golden State, I really like D'Angelo Russell. Um, if if D'Angelo Russell is healthy and playing, I'm going to get to D'Angelo Russell. If it's Kai Bowman, I'll have some interest, but Bowman's price point is pretty steep up there now. We'll see if Draymond Green plays, but a tough matchup down low uh, against some of these bigs. It's really just D'Angelo Russell prioritizing for me. Zach Pascal, if, Zach, if his price point is priced up, even if there's no Draymond, it's tough to get to. D'Angelo Russell stands out. Uh, Atlanta versus Chicago. Both these point guards have good spots. I mean, you had a minutes restriction of 30 yesterday for Trey Young. We'll see if that's lifted now, right? I mean, he was playing around 34 on average before that, so it's probably going to be lifted. Maybe they just want to see how he looked. You have Chicago with on a back-to-back here. 
Zach Levine's in a great spot. I mean, you target guards against this Atlanta team. Zach Levine's in a good spot. Um, when you look at it a little bit more, really this entire team's Laurie Markkinen's in a good spot, but the guy's only playing like 28 minutes per game and not closing games, so that's concerning. You have Otto Porter, who came off of a decent game last night. In terms of overall fantasy points, not great, but he ends up scoring close to 20, 20 real-life points, just doesn't do anything after that. But at 4300 last night, his price point is still in a nice spot. I like Otto Porter in this spot. I like Zach Levine. Keep in mind, Zach Levine's on a cash play. This is a guy who, if he scores 35 real-life points, is going to score you 50 fantasy points. He just doesn't do much after that, right? He'll have a couple of assists, maybe a rebound, maybe a steal. But all he's going to do is really rely on scoring. Uh, and that's kind of the downsides of Zach Levine. But the upsides in terms of he's always low-owned in tournaments because of that. Uh, on the Atlanta side, I like Trey Young. John Collins is going to remain out, but they priced up Jabari Parker just, I mean, kind of grossly. I mean, he's all the way priced up at this point. So uh, just give me Trey Young at that point. Uh, the price tag, I think, is okay on him for GPPs. Probably don't get there in cash. So that's like half the games. I guess we can go through them uh, briefly a little bit more. Toronto and Sacramento, uh, lots of just mispricings here. To be completely honest with you, I mean, Kyle Lowry continues to dominate. He's 8,400. He's priced appropriately. That seems like a steep price point for Kyle Lowry, but when the guy's averaging like 40 fantasy points per game, obviously no Kawhi Leonard there, and this is kind of what you can expect. This is how it was. Really, we have not seen this big of a sample with no DeMar DeRozan and no Kawhi Leonard. We saw it last year a little bit, um, and he just balled out, and so did Pascal Siakam. So $8,400 for Kyle Lauer if he's low-owned because of the price tag. I think it's fine to get to, to be completely honest with you. Sacramento on this slate is giving up top four fantasy points per game to the point guard position. I don't prioritize it. I don't really want to get there because he's 8400 and there's a lot of power forwards I'd rather get, including on his team. But with a 113.5 team total, eight-point favorites, they're going to be running a little bit faster here, probably around league average pace. That's what Toronto does this season, a little bit above it. I think it's an okay spot. I prefer on his team, though, um, Pascal Siakam at $8,000. I mean, it's a somewhat difficult matchup, but um, Pascal Siakam at $8,000 is just a, a total misprice here. I don't really want to get to Marcus Gasol or Siakam, even though they have decent matchups at the five against Rashawn Holmes and Dwayne Dedman. Nothing else really stands out. Uh, other than Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet, if you look at his game logs, Mr. Consistent continues to be right, priced right, right around 6,000 6, to 6,300, continues to just score 31 to 32 fantasy points, and he's doing it. Like, it's consistent. Like, he, he'll even have bad shooting nights, but if you're picking up five rebounds and five assists and a steal, well, then, yeah, you're going to get to 30 fantasy points more times than not if you just shoot, like, half decent and make 10, um, 10, uh, just have 10 points at the end of the day. So, uh, the way that I prioritize this Toronto team is probably Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, and then Kyle Lowry. Sacramento side, there's not much I want. I mean, you could take stabs on Buddy Heald. Bielitsa is now priced up. I don't want to be still shifting between Rashawn Holmes and Dwayne Dedman, and maybe today's finally when Harry Giles is back. I've been playing a lot of Rashawn Holmes, but this is one of the more scary spots to play it against Siakam, one of the best two-way defenders in the league right there. Um, in the names of like Kawhi Leonard, right? Those types of players in terms of how good they are on the offensive side and defensive, not nearly the same. Kawhi Leonard's like the 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 golden child of it, but Pascal Siakam, um, and that's why they won the tournament, uh, the whole tournament. That's why they won the whole thing last year uh, because you have players like that on your team. Great two-way players is what you need, but... Now you're going to have to go up against Siakam, Gasol, Siakam. I said Siakam twice. I meant uh, Ibaka. It's just a tough matchup for Sean Holmes. Probably don't get there. Really, Sacramento is if you want to take stabs on Buddy Heald, I think it's okay. Don't really want any interest in Fox today. Um, and Harrison Barnes has been playing huge minutes, so you can get there in terms of just hoping that the overall volume pays off for you. But I probably don't get there all, all that often. Final three games to quickly go over, and then we'll just go over my early interest. Dallas and Orlando. Just looking at an early look at Dallas. Luka's coming off of two triple-doubles. He's priced up now to 9800 Do we finally see a $10,000 tag on Luka? Maybe. Look, it's an okay matchup for Luka. Like, the fantasy points per game aren't going to look good. We just saw Shea, Gilchrist, Alexander, point guard last night, slash shooting guard, as well as Chris Paul have decent games against Orlando. Now they're on the second night of a back-to-back. Markel Fultz has been starting. Markel Fultz had probably his best game of the season last night. 
as a starting point guard, 24 fantasy points. Um, it's a nice spot for the point guards in terms of Luka and them because it's just a terrible spot for everybody else. Even if Maxi Kleber sits, I don't want Boban and or Dwight Powell, not against Vooch, not against this um, Jonathan Isaac and Alex Gordon and really the size that you have of Orlando and the defense that they play. So I don't want anything close to the basket. I don't want Porzingis for that same reason, giving up the least fantasy points in the league right now this season by a wide margin to power forwards is Orlando. Makes sense. Jonathan Isaac's a tall, lengthy defender, a good one. Vucevic, for sure, the same. And Alex Gordon, um, or Aaron Gordon as well, is good. So Dallas is really just Luka for me. If you want to take the stab at 9,800, I think I'd go elsewhere. The Orlando side of it, I like Fultz again, and a good matchup here for Fultz. I think that's okay to get to. Evan Fournier has been very consistent, and he's still priced at a spot where you can get to him. Uh, he's just rarely do you see Evan Fournier go for a 40-point game. You're just hoping that he just is that value piece in your lineup that is consistent for like 25 fantasy points. So it's not something that I have a ton of conviction around, but I, I do think it's at least decent if you land on him. You could have some confidence that he's going to at least pay the tag off. You just really know that his ceiling is not the highest. But Malher Fultz seems interesting again. He's still cheap enough. Other than that, don't really want Vooch at the price point, even though it's coming down. Like It's an interesting price point, I will say, for Vooch. I think I have him in the early interest because he's now in the 7K range. Um, so we'll see. Um, maybe I get there. It's just really hard for me to want to prioritize Vooch on this type of a slate when there's a lot of center slash power forward guys that I like more than him, even on a lower tag. It's just tough to get to, in my opinion. Aaron Gordon's still in the 5K range, 5,900 last night. Look, if Aaron Gordon, at the end of the day, I always say it. If Aaron Gordon hits three three-pointers in a game, there's a really good chance he pays off that um, $5,900 price tag with 35 fantasy points. If he hits one three-pointer, there's a really good chance he scores right around 28 to 30 fantasy points, and maybe he pays it off, but he's not winning you a tournament at that point. So if you want to rely on his shooting, you can get to it. I think Aaron Gordon's in play. I think I prioritize, honestly, Markel Fultz the most from this team. There's a lot of pieces of Orlando that are just gross. So Markel Fultz for point guard value right now, uh, as we're waiting on more value to open up, maybe you get some in Minnesota. Makes some sense. Vooch, if you want to pay for the price tag, I can't blame you. There's just other options I like. And then Evan Fournier is like a real... Uh, Evan Fournier, I guess we can say, is more of a cash option. Aaron Gordon in the tournament, if you think he makes three threes, there you go utah versus philly i mean nothing really stands out um on the utah side of things here if philly's defense has just been absolutely fantastic and really brutal to go up against i mean donovan mitchell maybe see some more point guard minutes with no backup point guards likely in this game won't be in this game i would know moudier or dante exum still the big thing is mike conley's minutes probably stabilized around like honestly 35 or around there with no backup point guards here um so mike conley will have a nice minutes stability but really just tough matchup individually for him uh, just nothing stands out for Utah I don't really want to get to go Barrett here in this matchup on the Philly side of things I think Tobias Harris is a cheap enough price point even with Joel Embiid back at 6600 in the low 4k range or mid 4k range you have Josh Richardson who I think is continues to be a fine price point yes he had a terrible game last time out but I think more times than not he at least pays that price tag off for you and then Embiid comes back at $9,500 in a really tough matchup probably one of the worst matchups you can get against Rudy Gobert but we know Embiid's a top three offensive center in the league. So uh, paying $9,500 if he's really low owned, I think is interesting and okay for Embiid. If he's high owned, I'd rather just go $500 more to Towns, who, yes, is in a tougher matchup, but is going to be literally his whole team today. Clippers versus Milwaukee, we already discussed. Uh, from the Clippers side, Lou Williams sees a bump. Pat Beverly sees a bump. And Montrezl Harrell, I think Harrell's in play for sure, and so is Lou Williams. I think I get to both of those guys and feel okay. On the Milwaukee side, if you want to pay up for Giannis, you can get there. The best matchup on the slate for centers is actually Brooke Lopez today against the Clippers. If you want to get there as well, you can. I don't know if I get there. Uh, I'm probably not going to. He hasn't been all that productive this season. It's pretty much for Milwaukee. Honest, if you want to pay for it, as it always is. Honestly, Eric Bledsoe after that. I want to see those minutes come up. It's still Eric Bledsoe. And then Brooke Lopez as a third option. Um, and for the Clippers, it's Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell over everybody else. And then Patrick Beverly becomes a play after that. So quickly, we'll go over the early interest that I have today. Um, as of now, it is what? 
It is 5.25 a.m. in the morning, so this is clearly going to change 12 and a half hours, 13 and a half hours until lock. If you do want to see what changes, you can see my updated interest pool as well as my projections over on Patreon. Linked up down below, seems like a lot of people have been enjoying the NBA content, the projections over there in the player pool. So this is factored, I believe, by price outside of the last guy on here who is Lou Williams. I'm just going to briefly go down it because I pretty much touched on all these reasons when I was going through the target offense sheet and some of those games individually. You can see the DraftKings salary and the fantasy draft salary. Carl Anthony Towns, Russell Westbrook, the two guys that pay up spots today that I have interest in. Maybe this changes by the time lock comes. You have $8,300 Carl Anthony Towns on fantasy draft, 10000 on DraftKings, $9,400 on DraftKings, Russell Westbrook, 17300 on fantasy draft for Westbrook. I just like both those price points. And against the Golden State Warriors, especially for Russell Westbrook, I mean, the 50-point consistency is going to be there more so than, and that's what he was averaging as a floor, it's going to be there more so than the 25 points you saw in the last game. He rested, I imagine, hopefully. Hopefully his ownership stays low. I don't know if it will. Carl Anthony Towns already said how much I like him. I prefer Malcolm Brogdon over Sabonis um, in this one for 8100 for Brogdon, 8300 for Sabonis on DraftKings. And then there's a $300 price increase from um, Sabonis to Brogdon on Fantasy Draft. So Fantasy Draft got it right. They price him $300 more. So maybe you get to more Sabonis over on Fantasy Draft in terms of your utility spots over Brogdon. I think that makes some sense. But for $200 less on DraftKings, I'll take Brogdon over Sabonis. That said, I like both of them. It's a really interesting spot between if D'Angelo Russell plays, wanting to play D'Angelo Russell or Brogdon. If you have no Sabonis and Miles Turner today, I want Brogdon. I also really want D'Angelo Russell in this matchup against Houston where um, he's priced way too low. $8,200 for a guy who realistically, if he goes out there and he plays his full allotment of 32 plus minutes, he's going to gun 25 shots in this matchup. He'll probably make eight of them and shoot terribly. But even based on all that volume and just the amount of assists he's going to have to pick up when he's on the court, the only guy really on the court, he's probably going to log 45 plus fantasy points tonight if he stays healthy. He's $8,200. That's a fantastic spot. I think, honestly, I start to then prioritize getting the Angelo Russell and Brogdon into my lineups if Russell is playing and Brogdon's not going to be on the court with Sabonis and or Miles Turner. And then I started to get to D'Angelo Russell and Brogdon over Russell Westbrook at that point, um, just because I think the upside is, is a lot more there for the price point. Pascal Siakam, I do prefer over Nikola Vucevic, who's 7,900, but I think both are in play. Uh, Zach Levine's price tag continues to drop at 7,200. He's very scoring dependent. Now he has the best matchup for probably scoring dependent point guards against Atlanta here. John Moran at 7,100 against Minnesota, especially if Jeff Teague's out. It's already a good matchup, but if Jeff Teague's out, John Moran's going to have just nobody in his way tonight. Really good spot. Tobias Harris, 6,600, even with Embiid back. It's a tough matchup, but I think it's a fair price point for a guy who's been playing really well this year. Tobias Harris, very quietly as well on both sides of the ball. Lou Williams is surely in play now, 6,500 on DraftKings, 12,5 on Fantasy Draft. Priced up a little bit on Fantasy Draft, um, but I mean, I prefer guys like Lou Williams on Fantasy Draft, who's $300 cheaper than Fred Van Vliet over there. Fred Van Vliet is $200 cheaper than Lou Williams on DraftKings. And Fred Van Vliet's a very good cash type of play. He's a consistent 30 fantasy point type of guy the way that he plays the game and he's priced right around that his ceiling is probably close to 40 percent if 40 points if he if he really just starts gunning and shoots a little bit more and makes more shots um but Lou Williams in tournaments makes more sense there just because of the ceiling. And now, yes, there's no Kawhi. Jonas Valanciunas is 6100 on DraftKings, $11,900 on Fantasy Draft. Look, it's a great spot for this guy. He, there's a chance he plays 25 minutes. So he's been playing 24 in back-to-back games. Seems like this minute limit is slowly coming off. If he goes and plays 26 or 28 today, just say, I mean, he's going to smash. If he just plays 24, he can smash. Like, he's $400 cheaper than Luke Kennard over on Fantasy Draft. Yes, get to that in your utility spots. Without a doubt, I like Joe about today. Luke Kennard's in yellow for me. I think he's priced up on Fantasy Draft too much. I think on DraftKings, he's honestly priced up too. There's just better value. I just wanted to touch on that. Aaron Gordon at 5,900, 11,200 on Fantasy Draft. Fair price point on both sides. Again, if he goes for 35 points, it's probably meaning he's hitting three three-pointers. If he doesn't, it probably means he hit one. So that's what you're relying on there. It seems a little bit thin, but there's upside if he's low-owned. Jeff T at 5,500, I do like if he's in. If he's out, we're going to have to find a point guard value there for sure. Bruce Brown Jr., 
I think it's time that we maybe give up on this guy, but he has another good matchup. He's 5,300, and if he's going to continue to play huge minutes in like the 36-minute range, still no Derrick Rose or Tim Frazier, and if he's going to continue to score around 35, honestly, even 30 fantasy points, he's paying off that salary by a good amount. So Bruce Brown Jr. is more in play for me at his price point and the way he's being used over Luke Kennard if there's no other value that opens up. Isaiah Thomas is the exact same price. He's $200 more in fantasy draft Isaiah Thomas than Bruce Brown Jr. I think I still prefer Bruce Brown Jr. Just more minutes. You're going to probably see at least 10 more minutes out of Brown Jr. and more usage overall. Evan Turner is 4,800, more of a cash play similar to guys like uh, Fred Van Vliet there. Otto Porter Jr.'s price tag only comes up $200, continues to play huge minutes on both sides. He's in a good spot at price at his price, $4,500 on DraftKings, $8,600 on Fantasy Draft, and he gets a good matchup today against Atlanta. No John Collins. So yeah, I like Otto Porter Jr.'s value today. Josh Richardson at $4,400. Price tag comes down, I believe, again after he had a terrible game in the last time out. It's a tough matchup here against Utah. $8,900 on Fantasy Draft, $4,400 on DraftKings. In play for sure. Tyus Jones, I put in yellow. Look, he's just value. He's $4,000 on DraftKings. But the reason I think he's interesting, he played a couple of minutes, and I'm going to look back for the exact minutes when, before I go on the show today on Awesome He played a couple of minutes next to John Morant. He was strictly just a backup before that, playing like 20, 22 minutes behind John Morant, getting all the backup point guard minutes. And now he played a couple of minutes alongside of him. I think he played like five alongside of him. So interesting spot for a guy who now is a little bit uncaged in terms of he's not just limited to the backup role. If John Morant goes out and plays 30 minutes, he's not just going to play only 18. He's playing some alongside of him. So at $4,000, a point guard slash shooting guard, who's going to maybe get you 24 minutes and has upside. Yeah, it's a good spot and a good matchup against Minnesota. Former team there as well. Revenge game for Ty Jones. Uh, LOL. Uh, Markeith Morris at 3,800 has been terrible, right? Foul trouble and is ruining like three or four of his games. Absolutely terrible. But if he's starting at the four against the Knicks here, yes, Julius Randle might be there. But for the most part, they're not the greatest of defense at the four and at the bigs. Um, I've much preferred Andre Drummond, but he's also $7,000 more expensive. So it's not really easy to compare them. If Markeith Morris starts, I think he's still value. It's just terrible and scary value. Um, but again, not a lot of people probably go back to it. If Christian Wood starts, he's probably going to be chalk, and he should probably jump on that chalk. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, I appreciate you all tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed this video. Again, it's a nine-game slate, so a lot to break down today. But that being said, I do appreciate you tuning in. If you could hit the subscribe button before you leave, it does help me out a ton. I got my email keeps popping up here. It does help me out a ton. And if you are interested in indeed becoming a patron, it's linked up down below for exclusive content. My projections usually come out for these side slates around 2 or 3 p.m. And then I update them at 5 p.m., 6 p.m. And then anything else from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. before lock will be updated. Linked up down below. Follow me on Twitter at DFS, Instagram at Salvetri and Salvetri Facebook page. You can check out there. I'll be posting content on all of those platforms this month. And then if you can hit the subscribe button, here on youtube five star rate and review on the audio version if you're listening to the audio audio version hit me up on twitter let me know i want to know and meet those people more like in the comments on youtube it's easy to kind of get to know new people who subscribe me and just say hey thank you i appreciate it or thank you for tuning in and it can actually have sort of a conversation there um whereas on the podcast there's really no comment section i don't think there is at least unless i'm just totally missing it so hit me up on twitter let me know that you found me on the podcast want to see i know that we're getting more podcast listeners per day i think we're up to like the 500 range per episode which is pretty cool for just releasing the podcast like a week and a half ago so definitely hit that five star rate and review helps me reach more people it's the biggest thing i can't stress it enough you will be entered into a contest and also check back later today linked up down below will be the listener league um i shoot this way early in the morning before people get up in the corporate world so we'll be the listener league down below for fantasy draft today thank you for tuning in my name's sal you already know that you all rock peace out gang i hope you enjoyed that podcast and before you go if i can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast download a few if you wish but if you enjoyed this podcast if you could please subscribe helps me out helps support it so thank you so much and i will see you in the next one